You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And Delatory. Same corner, same time, fresh off a must-need road win out in, was it, Columbia, South Carolina? Columbia, South Carolina. Man, what a win, huh? Shout out to the uh, Tampa Gator Club, went to the patio. Um, shout out to you guys. A uh, couple fans came up. One guy wanted to celebrate. He's like, Dan, I know you got to get a tweet off first. So shout out to that guy. I've seen him there three or four times. I don't know his name, but shout out to him. Uh, but what a game. Uh, that's a game like I've not seen in a while. I, I'll be honest with you. I did not think that they would come back and win that game. I think the most important thing is we've talked about how young this team is, learning how to win. I think what they did in Columbia was learn how to – overcome adversity on the road uh mm -hmm. we saw him go down at utah and really not punch back saw him go down to kentucky really not punch back down 10 in the fourth i was like all right this game's cooked uh but they came back i think the impact that eugene wilson has on offense clear mm -hmm. um but it, it's it's a young team learning how to win we talk about how tough the schedule is next year uh, mm -hmm. but you're going to get most of these guys back and, and you're going to be a very experienced team so great win also Thank God I couldn't imagine the fan base if they lost to that South Carolina team into a bye week mm -hmm. with Georgia waiting. Mm. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not ready to talk about next season, but I'm looking at that schedule and I'm seeing a lot of quarterbacks graduating. I'm seeing a lot of skilled players graduating from other schools. I mean, on paper, the names sound tough. We get this team back, Nick. I might doing some lying in the off season. Yeah, slow down on your lies. This lies like we haven't finished. We DC can lie in, in two months, three months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I do like. I want to get into the the game, man. I like. I do like how we started the game. Um, mm -hmm. We'll get all our takes off. Uh, how was your weekend, Nick? Tough. Zach and I drove up Friday, and uh, it was the wife's birthday Sunday, so we. As soon as the game was over, wrote a story and then drove back. Got home at like three, hung out with uh, the in-laws, nephews, brother-in-law yesterday. And uh, that was it. But Saturday was a long day. Shout out to mm -hmm. Zach for, for making the whole drive. Man, that, you're just sitting in the passenger seat. You, you're just being my wife on a road trip. That's crazy. No, I was working. Mm. Oh, Zach don't have to work on the road? That's crazy, too. <laughs> well, he had to drive. So that was his job. Okay, I see a little teamwork. The teamwork makes, makes the dream work. work. Yep, that's how it goes, man. I had a good weekend. It was pretty solid. I had a tough time watching the game. Uh, my son and, and the Gators played at the damn near the same time. My son game started at 4. The Gators was at 3.30. So that made for a little – I had the Gators on the back burner. A little bit, you know what I'm saying, that first half. Once once my uh, son's Chargers team pulled away three scores early in the first half, and they started like, just getting the running clock going, you know, and Pop Warner, I was like, okay, I can pay attention to the Gators. And 
Just super impressed how we played the game, man. They mm-hmm. could have easily folded, but solid weekend. Got two wins. Let's break it all down, fellas. Let's break it down. Um, I do want to give a quick shout out. John Ruiz tried to pull a, a, a sneaky trick on me. Does a, do? a one to 25 stock split. I get liquidated out. Mm. Notice, uh, notice I don't have any shares. No longer a shareholder. Thought that that would be the end. Uh, but then I saw the new uh the new price collapse so i'm back in back in the Double game as a shareholder um I'm wait up. when they when they did the split it went up to like a dollar it went up to like 370 so Ooh. basically 25 shares became the equivalent of one share and then it dropped like 30 mm-hmm. percent. i said you know what there's no better buying opportunity than right now i've said that before and lost my uh nearly lost my retirement but we're back in john and i Dan Thompson, John Ruiz, business partners again, back at it. Match made in heaven. Match man. made in heaven. And shout out to the Miami Dolphins, best team in the NFL. Uh, we saw that mm. again yesterday. So let's get into the show. Uh, as always, this is sponsored by our friends over at the Gataverse. So we've been giving away uh, Trevor ETN uh, digital and physical collectibles, as well as a bunch of different discounts, especially at Bluebird Wings in Gainesville. Last week, we gave away two. This week, we are going to give out three. We used twitterpicker.com. So shout out to the at WEM1978, Gator underscore made 15, and EJoiner83. Those are the three that will win. We'll be in touch with you, connect you to the Gatorverse. Uh, we will continue to do, do giveaways, uh, but go check out the Gatorverse.com. They are supporting all University of Florida athletics through NIL, both physical and digital collectibles. So again, Gatorverse.io to support UF student athletes. Gators win 41 to 39 in Columbia, South Carolina. And Nick, how was the crowd? It seemed loud on TV. That's a sneaky good stadium. It's like 77,000, um, but they get loud. Sandstorm, they wave these towels. Uh, good crowd. Um, late arriving because they had the state fair there, which made mm. getting to the stadium an absolute nightmare. Um, but South Carolina's a, a, a good crowd, sneaky good environment in the stadium. Um, some students stayed around after the game talking smack. Uh, I was like sitting there in the tunnel uh, where Florida had to go to get to their locker room. Elite trash talk back and forth. Okay. After the so game? Shout out, shout out to those students. Yeah. Brave they moves. Move, they don't care. Brave move to be talking trash after the L. It's like time to get out of there and get back to your trailer, man. Oh, man. All right. So Gators uh, do win. We do have Andy Staples joining the show today. We forgot to announce that. Uh, Gators do win 41 to 39. They gave up a safety uh, at the end of the game to run out some of the clock there. Uh, Pro Football Focus ranked this as the Gators' best, uh, our second best game of the season, uh, only behind the Charlotte game. Uh, Silk, give me your your thoughts. Let's do offense, defense, split this into like 15-minute segments here. So, uh, Silk, obviously, Graham Mertz, career day for him passing the ball. Uh, in yardage, obviously, leads to uh, come from behind drives uh, to lead the Gators there. But but give me your thoughts on the on the offense. Saw a heavy dose of both Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne as well. Uh, super important um, that we harp on how they started the game. Uh, very good drive. You're on the road. We got to start fast. I didn't like how we started versus Kentucky, so I was I was concentrated on just how we start the game on both sides of the ball. Offense gets the ball first, march down, get a seven points. 
didn't want to get too excited because, you know, it could be just – we've seen this before. We all college football fans could just be a scripted drive that went well, right? Um, but every drive the offense got the ball, they were steady in the first half, uh, moving the sticks, giving the defense some rest on the sidelines, which they needed. We'll talk about defense later. But, yeah, bro, I thought, like, Trey Smack was very key in the first half, not mm -hmm. outside of the offense. Him keep hitting those field goals when we did stall in the red zone was very key. Uh, Montrell Johnson was 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 solid to mm -hmm. good that first half. He's definitely been reading uh, the tweets and whatnot. He's running a little bit more motivated, I would say. Uh, so the running game was solid. Offensive line still still a little shaky. Grand Mercer was getting hit a lot, but you just the offensive play calling I thought had uh, more creativity. Um, mm -hmm. Nick spoke about Trey Wilson in the offense, what he brings to it. Uh, he gets his first hundred yard game of total offense. I think he had eighty something receiving. Uh, twenty something rushing. Whenever he touched the ball, it's just a big play ready to happen, man. His twitch is just next level. Uh, all this Bordenham, mm -hmm. just he's finding himself, you know, um, becoming a real threat on offense. Uh, made some key plays, even down the stretch. You know, when we made that comeback um, on fourth down, he gets hit with a check down, makes a guy miss as a big man. That was super impressive, but he makes a DB miss, gets a field eleven plus yards, moves the sticks. And we're going to do what we got to do. But just super impressed, man, with the way this team could have easily folded. Um, we talk about Billy's demeanor a lot, that he does. Mm -hmm. He's too chill. He's too calm. But I thought that demeanor came through big time for us this week. Um, going down 10 points in the fourth, the team never panicked. He stayed calm. Merch takes on his demeanor as well. He was calm as well. So, you know, seeing a calm quarterback hit some deep balls that we were lacking. We hit 11 explosive pass plays this game, which is uh, definitely an uptick in the offense. So we got to see more explosive plays. Ricky made some incredible catches, you know, per, per usual. Um, Khalil Jackson, mm -hmm. again, just in incredible, incredible catches. I want to see him get some passes where he can catch the ball and run. Most of his catches, he's going out of bounds or, or toe-tapping. Uh, but overall, bro, like I can't – I don't – outside of off, offensive line play, uh, we got some things we need to clean up there, get some more continuity. Guys stay healthy. It's a perfect bye week for us to get back healthy. Uh, I want to clean up some offensive line play. Uh, mm -hmm. But overall, just, you know, improvement on the yeah. offensive side of the ball. Yeah, no, that, that ETN, catch ETN like is still not healthy as well. I, I, I like that yeah. he was back. He showed some sparks here and there, but he's still not 100%. This is an important week for him as well. And through well, a two-point conversion. It's a shoulder injury, and you can tell that. Like, unless – unless it was necessary, he was avoiding contact, like running out of bounds, stuff like that. Um, right. How about, how about this? Both ETN brothers scored a wildcat quarterback touchdown this week. In Colorado. Both, both, I guess, I guess, both I guess of a, two my running point, back. a two point conversion and then a touchdown. Both of my running backs. So I appreciate it big time. <laughs> um, I wonder this week, Talking about the offensive line, um, like we just saw South Carolina shifted their line a ton. Is that something you think Florida might do? Like, hey, does Cam Waits start? Does Barber flip? Like, if you're going to mess with the offensive line, this would be the week to do it. I, I don't know if they will. Um, I but mean, like, I, they got to tinker with it a little bit, in my opinion. I think Cam Waits, I don't know how many. I didn't mean to cut you off. Well, finish your take, bro. No, no, that's it. That's it. You're good. Yeah, I don't know like how healthy Cam Waits is, um, and how many reps. I think he's back he healthy, but I don't know how many reps he could take. You know, what's his threshold coming back? But I would like to see him get more snaps. Uh, my man George just 
I don't know, bro. It's a lot to be desired there. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if moving him inside is the trick. Um, and also, my man, the, 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 uh, I'm forgetting his name, the transfer. Mazuka. Uh, Michael Mazuka. Yeah, I think he could play. He's not playing up to par as I thought he would play. I thought mm-hmm. he would bring a lot more uh, physical presence. I thought he would brought, bring more leadership to that offensive line. Just not seeing that from him. Um, but I would like the offensive line to be tinkered with a little bit in this bye week as well. Yeah. I think you get another, you know, week to get, you know, hopefully a little healthy. Obviously, a number of those guys, Kingsley, Austin Barber's played well. Um, Mazuka, I know, had the injury before the season. I don't know if that's affecting him. Obviously, Barber was out. Uh, Damian George played well at left tackle. He's back. And, and you know, the, the offensive line looked bad. And I think that when you look at the stats, obviously, Graham didn't play very well when he was under attack. Uh, in that game, you know, I will give Graham a ton of credit uh, and Arlo Sportingham, that uh, that 11 yard pass you were talking about, uh, Silk on on fourth and 10 there. Uh, that was his his check down. Our, uh, Arliss made it work. A uh, shout out to him. Would love to figure out that offensive line because I think we saw Graham Mertz has, you know, a little pep in his step when he can throw that deep ball. Sure, he doesn't have the strongest arm uh, in college football, but he did show that he's able to make you know, those 15, 20, 25 yard passes. So hopefully we see a little bit more of that. Uh, you guys shouted out Cleo Jackson. Great catch uh, by him near the sideline there as he's falling down. I'm glad they rewarded him with a touchdown. I think it was on that same drive there. Mm-hmm. Uh, rushing attack. I think looks better than the, the hundred yards that they they had uh, through the the two of them plus uh, Eugene Wilson. I think had twenty one yards on the ground, but but overall, I thought the offense looked better uh, this game. Graham Mertz did feel comfortable. Um, Eugene Wilson. I know that we keep harping on him every game, but Eugene Wilson, you know, caught the ball on on that last drive of the game as well uh, that went through Ricky's hands. Could have potentially been intercepted, and and Eugene Wilson's right there. Incredible awareness, especially as a as a halfway through freshman year wide receiver. So uh, great to see him. Saw that they tried to do the bomb to Aiden Mizell. Uh, this game uh, ultimately didn't work out, but I think a lot of fans were hoping you just run him uh, vertically down. Uh, so I think they overthrew him just a little bit there, but underthrew him or underthrew. Yeah. Um, so long story short, offensive line is still the issue that we've talked about. Hopefully they can use this time to get a little bit better. Silk like your idea of maybe trying out a few different things uh, as well, but uh Going into South Carolina, obviously they they were two and three when you played them. It, you know it's still a game that that you have to win. We talked, you know, Florida has at the time four probably 50-50 games left in the season, and you have to go and you have to win at least two of those. So they went and won one. Um, Stuart Mandel said the Gators were going to win three games. Jake Crane said the Gators take. were going to get four games. Takeo Spike said the Gators were going to win four games. You're seven so games you in. The Gators have bro. five wins. So. So you get your clicks in all season. Just mention the Gators. Shit, but uh, three and nine was a wild take. How does yeah, uh, red shirt working? Uh, I'm forgetting like the the rules to it. But Aiden Mazel playing this late in the season, like how does red you shirt can, working? You can play in four games and a bowl game. So I think that was just his second. Okay. That. Okay. Just keeping account. I think that was only his second game though. Just keeping account. That's a guy you definitely want to give a shirt to. Um. If possible, he hasn't played a lot, hasn't contributed a lot, even on, even on special teams, has a lot of upside, you know, as he put on size and weight and everything like that. He's going to be a weapon. So just curious. I do like that they gave him a deep shot, man. Mm-hmm. Try that out. We know how fast he is. And just putting that thought into defensive minds just, you know, gives us some more room to work with. Those jet sweeps, taking deeper shots, it unloads the block box a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that was just game two for Mizell. Um, Eugene Wilson burned his shirt. So big news there. Yeah, he burned he burned the whole outfit. Draws, pants, uh, tie, <laughs> suspenders. <laughs> burn the whole closet, bro. We need burn that man. Burn the whole closet. Uh, let's see. Ricky Pearsall, uh, incredible game. Obviously, game-winning touchdown. Probably one of the hardest photos I've seen. Ricky Ricky Pearsall has two of the best photos in college football, I think, this year. Uh, obviously, the catch against Charlotte, uh, the one-handed catch, and then him celebrating with the South Carolina DB, uh, hanging his head in the end zone. But he mm. goes for 166 yards, one touchdown. Arliss Boardingham, uh, 55 yards for a touchdown. Uh, Hayden Hansen, 27 yards. Eugene Wilson, 83. Khalil Jackson, 52. Marcus Burke, 14. Trevor Etienne and Montreal Johnson, 23 through the air for 423 yards of receiving in this game. 30 of 48. A lot of passes. Well, I mean, hold on. Let me, let, me, let me get on my soapbox real quick. I said, I said, Ooh. I don't know, or even maybe said, I don't think Graham Mertz will win you a game with his arm. You got, my, you got my boy, you got Graham fucked up a little bit. Yeah. Tweeted it. Tweeted, fine it tweeted it before the last drive. It was like, can he do it? Absolutely. It was, I think, just three of seven on that last drive, but the touchdown to Pearsall was a dime. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, the look off, man. The Peyton Manny yeah. look to safety all come back to the to the, the post. Nasty work, dog. Even nasty work by Ricky, dog. I was I was super geeked. I didn't jump on my couch and go too crazy, but I was happy we won that game, man. Let's talk about Graham Mertz. Uh, Let's play. Talk, talk a little Graham Mertz. Uh, a lot of folks had Graham Mertz as the 14th best quarterback. In the SEC this season, I don't think any of us did. Nick and I got a little uh, hate yesterday by somebody online saying that we predicted him to be that. Uh, I don't think any of us ever predicted him to be that low. But right now, Pro Football Focus has him ranked as the fourth best quarterback in the SEC, sixth best QB rating in the SEC, and highest completion, fourth most yards, fifth most TDs, and fewest interceptions in the SEC. Yeah, man. I kind of, you know, said in the offseason um, that, that I thought, like, I watched every game. I didn't think he was a bad quarterback. I thought Wisconsin was a bad, a terrible football team. The offense just didn't make a lot of sense. And um, mm -hmm. I didn't see just, I've seen terrible quarterback play here. I've seen a lack of, you know, um, just know how, no, lack of knowing how to read defenses. That's not what I thought I saw in Wisconsin. And, you know, start when I started hearing, from guys like Shane Matthews and other guys just around the program that was saying like how, how much of a student he was, how locked in he was um, to to the plays, to being a leader. You know, I was interested interested to see how the season was going to play out. Um, watching him spring football, didn't get too excited. It wasn't a lot to be, you know, hyped about, but um, there was some type of command of the offense. I thought for a spring game that he, he did have some things in control and it wasn't, we didn't look like the shit show I thought we would, but at this point, you got to give Billy and his staff props for, you know, bringing him in. Fans thought it was crazy. A lot of heat, a lot of opinions about it, uh, and, and, and rightfully so. You know, some of some of it was over the top, but a lot of the criticism about the quarterback we brought in after losing AR, I, I get it. But you got to give the staff credit, bro. Like, them developing quarterbacks, people said the AR got drafted just off of his skill set, that this staff did nothing for him. 
And you're, you're about to see Graham Mertz get drafted, go from a quarterback that nobody thought could be anything, that he was trash, that he was mm -hmm. a waste. Wisconsin, he was done, you know, a bust in the recruiting world. And this kid is, is more than just efficient and more than a game manager. He got some moxie about himself. He got some leadership skills. He got some mental, you know, fortitude. I love the kid, bro. I'm not going to even front to you. I like everything he brings to the game. I'm not even I mean, mad that he went 15 anymore. Yeah, it's Silk. I mean, and just the way he was getting beat up in this game too, right? I mean, all season. There was, yeah, all I mean, season. all season. I mean, this game, yeah. you you saw him hurting, and and he would come back the next play and 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 do some incredible things. So so shout out to him. I know that he was in the cold plunge. I'm sure he was on the massage table every day this week. Uh, that's a guy that's been beat up this season, uh, and he comes back and and he delivers the best football that he can. He may never win the Heisman Trophy, but, man, I, I was wrong about where I thought that he could be. He's not perfect, but he is certainly better uh, than I think all of us anticipated he would be. Yeah, right. and, like, before the season, I was like, they're not going to ask him to be Rex Grossman, Kyle Trask in 2020. But what they've asked him to do, he's done at a very high level, whether that's – Dink and dunk, you know, like when they played McNeese, McNeese just played like three safeties and were happy to give you a 10 yard pass. So they just mm -hmm. did it. Um, I think they asked him to throw down the field more against South Carolina. The completion percentage dips, but that's, I mean, that's going to happen. Um, I don't think that I was like super down on him, but I definitely thought he was like just a game manager. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, his leadership has probably been the best thing. And you can't tell me that like when he gets hit and gets back up and back in the huddle, that that hasn't like made an impression on the guys. And um, I think they follow him and, and uh, yeah. So I don't know that I definitely, we definitely didn't say that he was the 14th best quarterback. Dan, that guy was no, off. No, definitely never did. Mertz has played better than I said he would. Uh, so giving him some flowers. Yeah, no, I think Mertz has played uh, better. And there, there's a comment here uh, from Coach Nine. Says, anybody thinking that a QB uh, with 30 starts under his belt would be that garbage in a fresh setting is ignorant. Uh, you know, a couple of times saw Billy Napier speak uh, this offseason. That was the one thing that they continue to highlight about Graham Mertz was his game experience. He's one of the most, I think, tenured quarterbacks in all of college football in terms of the number of starts that he has. Uh, and you see that uh, in his play. So uh, shout out to Graham Mertz. Um, you one know, little, use this off time to get your body a little healthy. Go ahead. Yeah, one, one more take, man, with the quarterback development. Like, I don't know if he was asked to dink and dunk. And I think Billy Billy adjusted some things uh, when it pertains to, you, you know, Reeves and, and the shots that he's taken. Um, we had some guys open that was close to Reeves for like 15 yards. When he rolled out the pocket a few times, uh, we had some tight ends, some some even on the Khalil Jackson throw, there was a 15, 20 yard route in front of him open, and he took the deeper shot and hit on it more than one time this game, where he took the deeper shot than what was right in front of him. So there is some some growth when it pertains to taking deeper shots, and I don't think that's just by coincidence. I think they're telling him that, hey, bro, uh, we know you want to move the sticks, but there's a deeper shot, more opportunity for more explosive plays. Take that shot. Um, because I don't think we ran anything much different. I've seen pretty much all the plays we've seen that, that we ran uh, Saturday. But what was different is the shots that we took and, you know, playmakers making plays. So so shout out to that, man. We're going to have to continue to make those deep shots to win down the stretch. we got some big games on the way. Absolutely. I uh, want to uh, highlight a super chat from earlier uh, from Ye Old Bast. 
Um, says the intentional safety to punt the kickoff was 500 IQ and cracked me up with the trick plays and wildcat pass. Two tight end Billy out beamered South Carolina at homecoming. You know, I tweeted a little early that the Gators had this game won. There's still 40 seconds left. We obviously saw Miami. Obviously, Billy Napier is not Mario Cristobal. Uh, but there's still some time with some some timeouts that they have to use to uh, to drain some of that clock. But to uh, to give the intentional safety to then punt, to then run out those last few seconds. I mean, that's some good some good football right there. Shout out to I, Chris Couch for thinking of that idea. I don't know if they. I don't know if you saw it on TV, but it looked like Billy was mad when Mertz immediately took a knee on first down because South Carolina yeah. had all three timeouts. I think he wanted him to do that, like dance around, around a little bit. Clock, yeah. yeah. Uh, so then South Carolina calls it, and now you are committed to having to do that. So once that happens, then I'm thinking, like, please, like this can't be like some crazy. The band is on the field, tossing it back and forth, miracle, like punt return touchdown to walk it off yeah so no, shout out um, to jeremy crawshaw great punt. yeah shout out to jeremy crawshaw um yeah no obviously you you still have to figure that out i know the, the one time graham had to burn some clock at the end of the tennessee game there was a fight that uh you know, had to create a little brouhaha at the end so you want to make sure that something like that doesn't happen uh but but good um good awareness good coaching there Obviously, you can give up those two points uh, and didn't affect Las Vegas at all. So no bad beats on uh, on that end as well. So, um, so yeah, I mean that's that's where we sit. I mean, any we we've got Andy Staples coming on in about five minutes. I know that there's a lot to talk about defense. It wasn't perfect. Uh, it wasn't a perfect game. Gator still won. But any additional thoughts on on the offensive side of the ball before we before we do get to Andy uh, Staples? Shout out to Hanson too. We found another yeah. tight end. The young boy, he's making some plays. I do like what, what, what he brought to the game as well, bro. Just we got playmakers. You know, it's a young team. They're growing. Merce numbers, if you look at it, they're very identical or they're better than Joe Burrow's uh first year numbers at LSU. You can do a lot of comparisons to to him with quarterbacks around the country. Um, and there's a lot to be, you know, encouraged about with the future. Mm -hmm. um do i think we still need offensive coordinator yes i do you know there's still some some things that i would like to see us do better with the play calling some of it was still off like we ran the third and two some of it too like graham got to clean up there's i don't know if it's rpo but there's one time he handed it off uh on a third and two to i think et and, and we had trey wilson that'll probably went for like 10 15 on a jet sweep mm -hmm. there so there's some things and there's still some plays we're leaving on the field that we got to clean up, but I'm encouraged by just the, the uptick in offense and the, you know, the productivity getting a little better offensive line two offensive line coaches. We just got to clean that up. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about offensive line real quick. Going through pro football focus uh, here. Gators allowed three sacks, two by Austin Barber, one by Richie Leonard allowed one quarterback hit uh, five hurries and nine pressures uh, in that game. Uh, just a, a bad run blocking uh, affair for the Gators during this game. According to pro football focus, uh, Austin Barber, then you have to go way down. Mazuka, Leonard, Slaughter, Damian George, and Lindell Hudson there. Uh, that's how they ranked them. But pass blocking was significantly better. According to them, Austin Barber, Jake Slaughter, Damian George, Richie Leonard, and Micah Mazuka. Not a great game for Micah Mazuka uh, overall. Uh, but but overall, the defense or the offensive line just looked pretty porous, especially at the the 
I think probably the second and third quarter were the were the worst of that. But uh, you know, hopefully continue to get better. Hopefully continue to get healthy. Uh, but uh, you know, did enough to to get the W. Absolutely on the road, big time win. We needed that shit bad, bro. I'm not gonna lie to you. You know, going one and eight on the road would have been horrendous, man. So let's continue to talk about defense. But man, sigh of relief after that one. Sigh of relief there. So uh, while we wait for Andy, let's get into special teams a little bit, just because I think defense is going to necessitate a little bit of time there. Uh, we have a, a kicker continuously kicking the ball through the uprights. Um, proud of of what we've seen out of Trey Smack this season. Uh, goes four for five in this game. Nick, I want you to read your stat here in a second. Obviously has one uh, blocked there, but I mean – He's putting the kick right through the middle of the uprights with about 10 yards uh, to go on each of those. So um, Trey Smack has been an unbelievable surprise uh, for the Gators this season. So uh, give him his flowers. I think he's, what, 12 of 13 on the year. Uh, so so exceptional job there. I think he's 11 of 12. Yeah, 11 of 12. 11 of 12. Oh, okay, he was 11 for 11 then. Okay. Uh, Nick, what was the stat that you were going to give before the other uh, field goal got blocked? Oh, he would have been the second Florida kicker in program history to have two games of five field goals or more, and the first to do it in the same season. Jason, uh, I like, I, I like the way, where, I like, I like where he get where he hitting them from. Like those are such clutch field goals, though. I do not want to like just just downplay how important those field goals were for us to get points at those point in time. Like good that game by Trey yarder Smith. had like. Room. Yeah, more on it. Yeah, room. That shit was pure, bro. Like he, he, it's effortless. I, I don't know what went wrong in the blocking scheme or why why we got that one block. Um, but anything that that gets past the line of scrimmage, I feel good about going through the uprights with Trace Mack. Absolutely, uh, great. But again, great performance by him. Let's give uh, Pro Football Focus uh, while we wait for for Andy here. Uh, top player of the game, Ricky Pearsall, that Graham Mertz, uh, then Austin Barber, Eugene Wilson, Arliss Boringham, Hayden Hanson, Khalil Jackson, Montrell Johnson, Richie Leonard, and Trevor Etienne are your your top ten. Uh, in this game, so uh, you know, again, putting forty one points up on the road. You know, the Gators obviously struggled against Charlotte to put up points, struggled against Kentucky to put up points. Uh, but, you know, hopefully we're starting to see a um, a turned offense here. You know, I don't know what's changed. I don't know if it's comfort. I don't know if it's health. But it definitely seems like there's there's some things that are starting to, to click a little bit on offense. And now you just need the consistency of it, right? So – what has yeah. changed? Like Trey, like Trey than- Wilson is the, the it, Trey Wilson being healthy is going to be very key to our offense. And if he goes down, uh, I, I would like we got to get somebody else to play that type of role. But he he's very important to. Like, I don't know what our run game, which we we struggle with run blocking a lot this game. I don't know mm-hmm. what would have been without him, like him, like causing the defense to stress out about jet sweeps and whatever else he may bring to the table, loosen some things up, but. Um, we, we're just going to be a different football team with him. And I would like to get him the ball even more, bro. Like, he's just too explosive not to get the ball to. Yeah, they, they went 12 personnel the first two drives, and people were like, what's wrong? Blowing me up. Like, what's wrong with Trey? Is he there? Is he hurt? I'm like, he's just not 
in 12 personnel. They had two tight ends like on the field the entire first two drives. Uh, but as soon as he came in, third drive, like forcing the issue, like forcing the ball to him. Um, I like Love that. Love yeah. that. That's one thing I think Billy's getting better at too. Like just getting playmakers the ball. Like Bar all this boarding him is getting obvious looks, and people were saying the tight end would not eat in this offense, but clearly something has changed uh, as far as the tight end role in this offense. I still don't think we know what this offense is going to be. I don't think what he played at Louisiana is anything he's running now. It's just it's a look different look and feel to it, um, and we'll see how it continues to mature and grow and develop. But obviously, there's some wrinkles here that we didn't see in the previous Louisiana, even with the run to pass ratio. Uh, Graham Mertz, in my opinion, going out to throw this many passes, going to win on his arm. Nobody had that on the bingo cards. And we've asked him to do that more than once. Like he just have completed it one time. Uh, we're gonna, he's gonna have to do it more this season. Like the games we got on the schedule, we're not gonna be able to play. We've seen our defense. We're gonna talk about that in a little bit, but we're not gonna be able to run the ball and play defense. Graham Mercer's mm -hmm. gonna have to win us some games on his arm down the stretch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was good to see that that he finally did. So we have Andy Staples from on three joining us right now. But before we do that, let's give a quick shout out to our friends over at home field apparel. Go visit homefieldapparel.com, promo code Stadium and Gale at checkout. 15% off of your order of the best and softest vintage T-shirts uh, for the University of Florida, as well as about 90 different colleges around the country as well. It is that time holiday season for you to go buy your significant other, your friend, your business partner, whoever it might be, something from Home Field Apparel. So again, homefieldapparel.com. Promo code Stadium and Gale, all one word at checkout. And with that, we welcome a friend of the show, one of our favorite writers, Andy Staples from On Three. Andy, it is good to have you today, my friend. What's up, gentlemen? How are we doing? Good, man. How are you? What's up with it? I don't know if you just heard Silk, but did you have Graham Mertz winning a game on the road with his arm on your bingo card this week? I didn't, but I also didn't have South Carolina being the Swiss cheesiest defense they would play. But hey, what I thought was interesting is they recognized that. They recognized that their defense was not going to stop South Carolina's offense either, and they started taking shots. Mm -hmm. And I, I like the awareness. I, I like the, okay, we can break out of our typical mold of we're going to be very conservative and try to limit possessions because that is not how this particular game is going to get won. So I, I thought that was a really good sign because the flexibility part is the part I was wondering about with Billy Napier as a play caller. And you saw some flexibility there, which leads me to believe that in the future, when he hires someone to call the plays, perhaps schematic flexibility is more, more of an option than I thought it was going to be. Because I was wondering, okay, what's going to happen here? Is he going to... Is he going to try to find a clone of him, or is it maybe going to be somebody somebody else? But I, I thought that was just understanding the, the circumstances of the game and then adapting to them I thought was really good. Yeah, now, Andy, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, so you're, you're obviously plugged into the Gators. You live in Gainesville, um, but you're always very tight, you know, obviously tied in nationally as well. What are the thoughts on the Gators, right? You know, they're not a lot of expectations going into this year, a lot of three and four, maybe five win projections for the Gators this year. They sit at five and two, have Georgia, have FSU who are ranked highly. You have probably three more toss-up games in there, but, mm -hmm. but what is the talk on the street about Graham Mertz? Obviously, 
you saw Wisconsin score what nine points uh, yeah. this past weekend. They probably would have liked some of that Graham Mertz offense. But but what is the talk nationally? Are they are they starting to see that the Gators maybe are a little bit ahead of schedule, or is it still too early to to tell and too up and down for them? No, they're too up and down. I mean, Graham yeah. Mertz didn't play well against Iowa, and neither did Tanner Mordecai or Braden Locke. Like mm-hmm. if if Graham Mertz had played against Iowa on Saturday, he would have had a hard time because Iowa's defense is a lot better than South Carolina's defense. So that that's. Remember, it was the circuit like South Carolina's defense was terrible. So let's not go crazy, but it was fun to watch Florida throw the ball down the field a little bit and find some new weapons. Like I think the, the two tight ends were a, a big bright spot in that game and Boardingham and, and Hanson. So yeah, I, I do think they're they're figuring out how to use what they have. And so I think that's good. I think they're about where I thought they'd be because I said they'd win seven games this season. So mm-hmm. two more. And honestly, they might not win two more. <laughs> like mm-hmm. with the rest of the schedule, they might not. They might win one. It's or a possibility. They might yeah. So if they can win two more against this schedule, that's a good sign because look at how many young guys they're playing. So I, I think Arkansas is the most winnable of these games Mm -hmm. and we'll see what like Arkansas is an interesting one this weekend because Arkansas has lost five in a row, but they've been competitive in all those games. I mean, they they were in the game with Alabama until the very end. They really are due a win and they're playing Mississippi state. So they're probably going to get one this week. And then what happens then if they lose to Mississippi state, they may fire Sam Pittman. (laughs) I'm not like, I'm not exaggerating there. That's what I need. Yeah. Fire coach. (laughs) Yeah, it could be. It could be. I need an O line coach too, Andy. So you know, what I'm saying you got two O line coaches. Yeah, I was gonna say you have two. Nah, I just need one. <laughs> you said I, I got two. I said I need one. Sam yeah. Pittman as as the one O line coach is uh, that's a significant upgrade for almost every team in the country. So yeah, if if he were on the market, that would be something. I I don't know what's gonna happen the rest of the way with them, but yeah, I mean, you look at LSU. Like, are do you really want to get in a shootout with LSU? Because you're going to have to. Not at all. But I, that, that's the one thing I'm, I'm curious to see what they do. Because they we saw them do it against South Carolina. I think we'll see them do it more. Take some more risks. Like, that's the mm-hmm. only way you're going to have a chance against Georgia, against Florida State, is you're going to have to take some risks, throw some shots downfield. Florida's defense isn't good enough to just rely on them stopping a really good offense over and over. That's, that's not going to happen. So – they need to try to get some turn, try to create some turnovers, and offensively, they're going to have to take some chances against those good teams because, like LSU, they just get in shootouts. Like LSU's defense isn't good either. That that LSU Florida game could look a lot like South Carolina Florida. The difference is LSU's offense is even better than South Carolina's. You don't think they would try to go with like the Tennessee game plan of long extended drives, slow it down, try to limit LSU's offensive possessions? I know. I don't think that's better. I don't think that's a good idea. LSU's bad in the secondary. They're not bad up front. Mm. So you you're you're not going to be able to have those long sustained drives, but you may be able to burn them. So you, again, it's the circumstances of the game. And that's Ole Miss got in a shootout with LSU. Missouri got in a shootout with LSU. It doesn't mean you're going to win them. Like Ole Miss won, Missouri didn't. Mm-hmm. But Florida can play in a shootout with LSU, I think. And who knows the ball, but like the ball bouncing is a thing. 
think about the the play that where the ball bounces off of Pearsall's hands in the fourth quarter and it bounces into Eugene Wilson's hands. What if it bounced into a South Carolina player's hands? What kind of conversation are we having right now? Like a depressing one. Exactly. But what if what if you do that again and it's in a, it's a pass that bounces off an LSU player's hands and into a Florida defender's hand? Like that's that's good. You've got to die. You've got to make the recipe for each game based on the ingredients of the game. And so Missouri and LSU, you're probably going to have to play shootouts. That's mm-hmm. just that's the way it's going to go. If you try to play the way that Nick just talked about, you're going to lose. Arkansas. But that's not even a conversation we would have had before seeing them do it last week. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's great to know it's there, and yeah. I you know I don't know if that if that's a function of South Carolina's defense. I mean, we'll we'll see when they play Georgia. If they try that stuff against Georgia and they just get completely shut down, then maybe it was South Carolina's defense. But I do think they found some more people they trust offensively mm-hmm. in terms of targets. Uh, Boardingham really, I, I feel like, opens things up. I think Georgia is a great example of this. Look at how Georgia uses their tight ends to open everything else up. Now, Bowers is hurt. Probably not right. seeing Bowers in the, in the cocktail party. But they've got Oscar. I wish him a slow but healthy recovery. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You wish him a recovery where he comes back for the SEC championship game. Don't want him to push it. I understand. So, but that—that's the thing. Oscar Delt probably becomes a bigger piece of the offense if Bowers isn't there. But they've—they've established that that's going to be how they open things up. That they, you know, they've got good receivers, but. They can do things with the tight end underneath. They can, mm-hmm. you know, have him on that wheel route where they're going to make the defense deal with him and it's going to open things up for the receivers. I, I think what they did with Boardingham on Saturday made life easier for Pearsall. Because think about it, Pearsall has been the only legitimate target almost the entire time he's been in Gainesville. Mm-hmm. But on Saturday, South Carolina couldn't just worry about Pearsall and look at how many times. He was in one-on-one coverage or just open. Like mm-hmm. that was that was progress, I think. So I, I thought the way they handled that game was was very encouraging. And I do realize that if that ball had bounced differently, because I I I've I've got South, I've got a mailbag show tonight. And so I've got South Carolina fans emailing me, like, what are we gonna do? This is awful. How do we what what do we do? We're done. And right. That's what Florida fans would be doing had that ball bounced a different direction. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, that's probably the biggest thing that we've seen throughout the season is the immersion of some additional targets. And we'll see how that continues to play out. Uh, obviously, Ricky Pearsall was your one. And then there was a, a big question mark about what that would look like after, uh, you know, Marcus Burke, Jaquavion Frazier is kind of your list of, of wide receivers that have been there for a little while. You add Eugene Wilson, Hayden Hansen played well uh, in that game, and he's great at blocking. Arliss Boardingham obviously had a good game. So as the season progresses, you start to see some additional targets that now deep defenses have to figure out how they're going to cover, which leaves obvious situations where the Rick Pearsall is going to be one-on-one or Eugene Wilson's going to be one-on-one. So I am curious there. Obviously defense is probably the biggest question that, that a lot of Gator fans are still wondering about. Obviously played really well, uh, probably the first four games of the season. Um, the last few weeks haven't looked all that great. You know, Sands, Vanderbilt, the Kentucky, South Carolina game, uh, obviously well, Florida. Here, here, you know, here's the thing, Dan, did, did they play really well? at the beginning of the season or were they playing Utah's JV offense and Tennessee without two starting offensive line? 
Right? We've been that, banged up too, Andy. <laughs> I know, but think of, think about that. It, it it might make more sense to understand why it's not like they just fell apart defensively. Mm-hmm. They faced better competition defensively. So that that's the thing that <clears throat> and and they're young. I still think they can get better. the The thing about all of it with Florida is it does feel like the best players are the youngest players, which is mm-hmm. what did we talk about at the beginning of the season? If you get to the end of the year and the best players are the youngest players, you should feel pretty good about things. I, I and that's think- kind of what I've told fans in defense of Napier. I'm like, listen, you're going to have to take lumps. And, and even if you know that going into the season, like, hey, we're young, we're going to have to take lumps. It doesn't make the lumps in real time feel any better. So I get like the anger. But if you look at the best players on the team, the guys that are making an impact, they were either brought in in the transfer portal or in the last re- two recruiting classes. So you've got a handful of older guys from the portal and you're relying on freshmen, redshirt freshmen. So, I, I mean, I, the back end of this schedule is tough, but like those yeah. freshmen, do we even call them freshmen anymore? Like they played. Well, I'm, five, I'm six, excited seven to see how now. they play against this, this part of the yeah. schedule, because this is what the schedule is going to look like next year. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the schedule is very hard next year, but it shouldn't matter. Like if you're a good SEC team, it doesn't matter if you have a hard schedule. So how do these guys handle playing against the Georgias and the LSUs of the mm-hmm. world? Or this Florida State team, which is very, very good. Like, how do they handle that? Do they do they shrink from it? Do they rise to the level of competition? If you see them rising to the level of competition, and even if they lose, but if they make these games competitive, I think you should be pretty pumped mm-hmm. going forward. Now, if if they just get blown out, if they look like they don't belong on the field, that's a different story. But I don't know that that's going to happen. I, I don't. I you know, the Kentucky game. Was was discouraging for sure, but if these guys, especially as they keep like the two tight ends I just mentioned, they're both second year guys. They're both guys that Billy Napier brought in. Like if they keep expanding their role in the offense as the season goes on, that is a good sign for the future. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I I keep telling people like you can't bail on Napier because they're not going to because they're not paying his buyout so Mm -hmm. you are going to be dealing with billy napier next year so accept that but you could also look at that the fact that the players he's brought in seem to be pretty good Mm -hmm. so you're gonna get oh sorry sorry. go ahead i mean to cut you off you can finish your take oh no no i'm good (laughs) what do you what do you uh i think offense we had a solid game. There's a lot of offensive line stuff we need to get cleaned up, but I do see some progression in the offense. Uh, you know, I'm getting better defensive. Defensively, I'm concerned about our front four uh, getting, you know, sacks, turnovers, getting to the passer, especially when we come down to stretch with better teams. And what's your feel on Austin Armstrong? Well, he's probably got to have a little older and better group to work with. That would help. I mean, think think about who. Who your best players are, you know, Shamar James, Scooby Williams, like these are young guys. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's hard in the SEC when your your best players are freshmen and sophomores on defense. And and they don't have any aliens in terms of the pass rush. They just don't have that. And Correct. they're in a league where almost everybody has somebody like that. Like if you watched mm-hmm. Alabama, Arkansas over the weekend, like Landon Jackson is a freak. He's six seven, two eighty. Like Arkansas has lost five in a row, but they've got that guy. Mm-hmm. And he's just 
demolishing Alabama's left tackle play after play after play after play. Florida didn't have anything like that. That's what Florida has to get slash develop. I think we have that in maybe the young boys like TJ Searcy and Kelby. I think we've seen sparks of that from them and and look look forward to that in the future. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think Kelby, like a prime example, you go out to spring practice this past year and you see him and you're like, ooh, that looks different. Okay. That feels like it's a little bit different. But obviously at that position, you're not going to see a lot of guys just come in as true right. freshmen and blow mm-hmm. up like they, that's a Dominate, that's a yeah. second year third year kind of thing because you're dealing with grown ass men on the other side of the line of scrimmage usually so i think i think they're on the right track there but it's but i don't think there's any there's no rescue coming this year like there's not been, now that you say that being young in the COVID era like of like these super super seniors mm-hmm. and we're super yep. super young like that puts yep. you in a, in a terrible space Exactly. Now it's not not as much against like a Georgia. The mm-hmm. problem with Georgia being that they're all NFL players anyway. But <laughs> it, it's against it's against your Missouri's of the world and your Arkansas's of the world, where they probably got a twenty three year old dude playing on the other side, mm-hmm. and that's a problem. Like it, it just the difference between an eighteen nineteen year old and twenty three year old is significant, especially among large people. So that's. You're exactly right. So, and and it's funny because that's going to filter itself out. Correct. Next year, by 25, it's pretty much gone. So you don't have that much. You'll have more fifth year seniors that hang around because of of NIL, mm-hmm. where they would have been, you know, sixth or seventh round draft pick. They're gonna they're gonna stay in school one more year and be a good player and and live on that. But I do think that part of it where the teams that are typically not sending guys to the NFL as third and fourth year players, they're so old right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, I think that's the bigger reason for the the level of parity you're seeing across the board. Uh, Cause you know, we, we talk about NIL and transfer portal and I definitely think that has something to do with it too. But I think that COVID year is, is probably the biggest factor there. Yeah, and obviously Florida goes through a coaching change there, a, a big coaching difference too, right? The, the type of coach, the type of offense, everything else. So Florida did lose a lot of those guys uh, during that time. Andy, uh, Gators have Georgia, uh, LSU, Missouri, uh, Arkansas, and FSU left. How do you see that working out for the Gators? You see, I know you said probably one, maybe two. Uh, is there a way that Florida can be competitive against you know, Florida State, who I know is ranked high, obviously has a good game against Syracuse last week, has looked pretty up and down. Obviously, a team chock full of those COVID yep. year, fourth, fifth, sixth year guys that are there. Uh, but but where do you see Florida kind of growing from from this you know, through the rest of the season? See, I I have a hard time envisioning them being competitive against Georgia because mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to get sleepy Georgia. If they right. got sleepy Georgia, then that's probably an interesting game, at least for a little while. But the problem is Georgia was just sleepy against Vanderbilt. I need no Brock, Georgia. That's what yeah. I need. The no Brock. Well, you, you, I think you're getting no Brock, Georgia. But that's what Georgia's I need. been like sleepy all year. But then they got a bunch of talk about Kentucky. And Kentucky was going to be a mm-hmm. tough game. And then like the real Georgia shows up. And yeah, you're not going to get a sleepy the la- Georgia in The last thing you need is, is Florida people being super excited because of the South Carolina one. Like, oh, now, now we can beat Georgia. All that does is piss them off. <laughs> so... But yeah, if they if they come out and, and and I do think with the week off, even if they don't have Brock Bowers, they're gonna have a week to figure out what to do without him. And they still have a bunch of really good players. So 
I think Georgia is going to be a tough one. They should be able to beat Arkansas. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be easy. I think that one might wind up in another shootout. I remember Arkansas and LSU played a shootout. Like you, you may see that again. And because, because you can, again, you can score on Arkansas's defense. You can beat them deep as Alabama showed you last week, as LSU showed you as, Mm -hmm. so there are ways to do this. And it's, it's strange to say that because you'd look at this at the beginning of the season and say, well, this is going to be a rock fight. I don't know that that's the way to beat them. But I think Florida can beat them. Like, that's that's your bowl eligibility game right there. Mm-hmm. And then you're wearing black jerseys, so you have to win. Yeah, for the veterans. For That's that's true. Yeah, yeah I, I notice any, any controversial jersey choice, you have to make it for the troops and then – then it's no controversial it, anymore. It, it they should have made the criticized. they should have made the green reptile ones for the troops, and they would have been an all time favorite for the Gators. Oh, well, if they, they hadn't lost to Texas A M, maybe they the troops. I was gonna say if they hadn't lost to Texas A and M, maybe maybe they would have come back. But yeah. the Missouri game, they're playing really well. Mm-hmm. But where that game falls, I, I there, there's a there's definitely a chance. Now, uh, does Florida winning against South Carolina or at South Carolina mean that Florida's road road woes are done. I, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but I do think there, there's, there's a shot there against Missouri. Although Columbia, Missouri has been a house of horrors for the Gators. I said, I said before the season, like I thought Missouri was going to be bad though. So I thought no, two bad teams, damn good. November 18th, probably a noon, 11 a.m. local cold, yeah. not a lot of people there. And I'm like, I've, I've seen Florida lose that exact game so many times. Uh, but Missouri's good. Yeah, Missouri may be trying to get itself into a, a New Year's Six Bowl at that point. Now that they'd have to be, they'd have to have beaten Tennessee the week before to do that because I think they're probably losing at Georgia. But mm-hmm. they get Tennessee at home the week before. Now Florida is is catching them at the end of a pretty tough stretch where they're mm-hmm. playing Georgia and Tennessee right in a row. So I think that helps that helps Florida on that front. But Florida, of course, will be coming off the LSU game and against LSU. Listen. Just I, I Billy Napier is going to probably have to be as uncomfortable as possible with his game plan, but he showed last week he can pull it off. Like just chuck it, just just try to make it, try to hang in a fifty-five to to fifty-two game because I don't know that anybody's stopping LSU's offense except maybe Alabama, but I think mm-hmm. Alabama is going to have some trouble with them, and that game may end up higher scoring. Now I think. The problem for LSU is, is they're a bad style matchup for Alabama. Like Jalen Milrow doesn't do much great throwing the ball except throw the deep ball. Well, guess, guess what LSU is terrible at covering. So like I, I think LSU is going to be in that situation coming off the Alabama game where especially if they lose, they're going to be pissed off and they're going to they're gonna want to try to make a point. So mm-hmm. like the only way to do that may be like, hey, we're going to try to air it out, play your game, because I don't see anybody limiting LSU scoring. Like, you could try to limit possessions or limit the time they have the ball, but they're going to score in like a minute and a half. Mm-hmm. Like, unless Florida's defense just magically changes from what we saw over the weekend. Like, that that's going to be that's gonna be a tough one to win. But, no, I, I do think it's – and then the Florida State game, it's at home. Florida State could be under some significant pressure mm-hmm. if they're still undefeated. 
They want to be undefeated going to the ACC championship game. We don't know what the rest of the country will look like at that point. If they're undefeated going to the ACC championship game because they have the LSU win, especially if, like, let's say LSU beats Alabama and Mm -hmm. LSU might win the West. Like, Florida State would be in a great position where they could even maybe lose the ACC championship game and still make the playoffs. So they'll need to win that one against Florida. But that's a that's a game rivalry situation. A bunch of young Florida players wanting to prove a point. Country's probably watching. That's a, that's a good spot. It reminds me a little bit of the 97 Florida FSU situation. And so I think I think that one could be fun. But that one, another one where where Florida will have to play maybe an uncomfortable style for Napier because, and maybe that's what this team is. You mm-hmm. know, I, I keep saying it, but we saw it you work. You keep saying it. It hasn't even like sunk into me yet. Like, what are we talking about? Florida is going to be like a, an air raid offense. Now. No, but here, here's the thing. Nah, I, that's a, it that's might an exaggeration. fail miserably. It might like, this could also lose you a game 42 to 13. If, if the other team's defense is, is having a good day. But it may give you your only chance to win. And that, that's the question. Do you, do you risk the embarrassment of losing that way, whereas you could lose a little closer playing the style that, that Billy likes to play, but that style probably isn't going to win you the game. Like that, I don't think Billy likes to zero. I mean, cut you off. I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. I don't think that's Billy's style anymore. I think that's Louis Louisiana's style of football. But since he's been at the University of Florida, the offense, like, AR threw the ball 40-something times some games, right? Uh, you come back this year, we thought the offense was going to be run, play defense, possess the ball. Um, while we've seen that versus Tennessee, the rest of these games, we're seeing the run get abandoned quick and us pitch the ball around more than we expected to. I, I still don't know where Billy offense is going to be at Florida, but it's it's nowhere near what it was at Louisiana when you look at the run pass ratio. No, and and because that was what worked at Louisiana, and and that's again that's a good sign. It's a good sign that you see him adapt based on what he's got and based on the circumstances of the games. the The problem, the the, the tricky part here is to win against LSU or Missouri or Florida State you're probably going to have to risk playing a style that could get you beat 42 to 13. And it's okay because you give yourself a chance to win that way. And, and I, I, I think, I think Napier and his staff understand you got to give yourself a chance. Like losing close doesn't, doesn't matter. Doesn't feel better. Like go try to win. And there will, there will, there will need to be some risks taken because they will not be the more talented team against LSU. They might not be the more talented team against Missouri. And hmm. the, and Missouri's the thing is Luther Burden is is one of the best receivers in the country. Brady Cook's been fantastic this year. Mm-hmm. And Missouri's just whatever they're doing, they're figuring out ways to, they should have beaten LSU. Like they should not have lost that game, but they figured out a way to win against Kansas State. They were losing against Kentucky. They're down 14 nothing. They call that that fake punt. The punter throws a touchdown to pass, and all of a sudden they're like, "All right, we got this." And punter threw a dime. Oh, mm-hmm. that was a beautiful throw. But yeah, it's it's interesting because that team just seems to understand. Hey, we hang in there. We can win this thing. So, I 
I'm actually kind of excited to see what Florida does against this this stretch because it is very hard. Mm. But (laughs) the players we thought would be coming up as freshmen and and, and would have to play important roles are starting to play important roles. And you got probably better than anticipated, too, I would Mm -hmm. imagine. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that there's some, there's some surprises. I, I hope you're not looking at the comment section because they're, they're cooking at task right now. You, you've deflated all of their balloons. You are one singular rain cloud over their parade right now. Um, but, I, but I think you, that, what? Like, you beat South Carolina on a one bounce catch. Like, I don't know if South Carolina is a terrible team, though. Like if you look at the schedule, they, they play they've played the toughest schedule in college football. That the gauntlet they started with was North Carolina, uh, who they had? North Carolina, Tennessee, and who else? Um, I can't remember. Georgia. I think they get Georgia. Georgia. Yeah, so Georgia. they they've had the toughest schedule to start the yeah, season. They beat, they beat Mississippi um, we, State, so we'll we'll see we'll see when we they caught get- them off of a bye. Uh, they had a little bit more time to prepare for us homecoming. It was their Super Bowl. Um, and, and I'm not I'm not gonna Super say they're a team. I think it was Georgia definitely was, their Super Bowl. I think Georgia was their Super Bowl. Well, they lost. They were up Super 14, Bowl, so this was Super Bowl time time try number two. <laughs> Yeah, they didn't, uh, they didn't think it was going to be Georgia in real life. They they knew they had a shot at in real in real life. I, I will yeah. say, Andy, the South Carolina team that has two wins looked a hell of a lot different than the South Carolina team that played on Saturday, right? Spencer Rattler, Leggett. Oh, they Spencer Rattler is very good. Up. Like that. Yeah. That's the thing. Like that North Carolina game. I talked to Jim Nagy from the Senior Bowl, and Rattler got sacked like nine times in that game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If Rattler hadn't been as good as he is, he would have been sacked like nineteen times. So, yeah, Spencer Rattler's good, man. Yeah, he is. I, mean, he I never is thought fantastic. that I would say that when I watched his like QB show that was on. I don't know, it was like twenty thirteen when he was a senior in high school. But um, his QB he, show was the year before, filmed the year before Anthony Richardson's because ARs didn't come out. But he's older than Anthony Richardson. Just. Hanging around, I think he has another year of eligibility potentially. I hope. I think I oh no, Rattler, Rattler's done. He's played five. Oh. Yeah, you get like seven in the COVID years, I think, though. Yeah, well, I actually, so. no, I take that back. He did redshirt uh, 2019, so yes, he could come back. Wow, <laughs> you're right for it for his age 24 or 25 season. He's gonna be getting his second PhD by that point in time. I, I so did, I did no click on the comments, by the way, guys. And and yeah, they're that, they think it's a debate, bro. Like we're not here to debate Andy, man. <laughs> it's not, it's <laughs> we're not. Here to talk this interview football. went just as planned, Chris. I know you said this interview didn't go as planned. Chris. That's Chris why we bring a... on people, right? Because well, oftentimes yeah. we live in our world, right? We're super excited. Sometimes we need to bring differing thoughts, differing well, opinions. And, and the, the some thing people is, to rain on parades. That's okay. The thing is, everybody gets all excited based on a win or a loss, which, yes, that the wins and losses obviously matter the most. But what is th- there's a super thin line sometimes between your coach is a moron and your coach is a genius. Mm-hmm. And right, right now, Shane Beamer is on the wrong side of the line and Billy Napier is on the right side of the line. And Things we've seen that before. We've seen it with Jim McElwain and Butch Jones. Like we, we, we've seen that. And you just have to understand that if you're a team that is winning that way, you also can lose that way. Mm-hmm. Now, if you stack a bunch of wins that way, that's great. Florida has not stacked a bunch of wins that way. You know, they, they've, they've beaten five. Yeah. Yeah, they're right. They've beaten three teams they absolutely should have beaten and, and would have been completely embarrassed had they lost. Tennessee is a great, great win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nick said South they were Car- a bad team. Only one loss on the season. 
No, Tennessee. Tennessee's bad? a very good yeah, win. Yeah, you did. You said that was a bad Tennessee game. We can rewind the audio. The comment <laughs> section had it, Nick. I think I definitely called Milton bad, but I don't know if I called the whole team bad. Maybe, possibly. Firing off the mouth. I, I just I, I think it's funny because I, I saw somebody saying Andy was probably one of the Mertz doubters. Guys, he had one great game. He's been good I all season. Think, I don't know about so like think, great, but he's been he's been he was, better than he was, expected. He was great on Saturday. Like there, that there was, was a great game. I don't. There was a I'm lot sure. of people that, was, that had grammar. That was his cleanest game on the best. season. Go ahead, Nick. <laughs> I don't think that was his cleanest game, despite the stats. I don't think that was his cleanest game. I think they they had to put it in his hands to win it. Yes, and they said go win this game, and he did. And I which is that a was huge awesome. question we had. Yeah. Like that fourth and ten throw was nails. Like that, he was as calm as could be, and you you looked at him moving around the pocket, and he just he looked very comfortable. And so that was what you hoped he would be. That's mm -hmm. what Wisconsin hoped he would be when they when they signed him. So I thought that was great. The thing is, is it repeatable? And we're gonna find out. We I don't find that. Yeah, and, and again, I don't. Thing. I'm not saying he needs to do that against Georgia. Like I'm not. <laughs> but can you do that against Arkansas, against Missouri, mm -hmm. against that LSU secondary? Yeah, you can. Like that, he can do that. And so I don't. And and that's the part with him I'm curious about because we know how conservative the Paul Christ offense was at Wisconsin. Like if you kind of let him cook, is this what you're going to get? Because mm. that could be kind of fun. When we were talking to him after the game, uh, like career number, he just like smiled. He was like, I'm having a blast. This is the <laughs> most fun I've ever had. I'm like, probably because you're not handing the ball off 38 times a game. Well, yeah. And also his teammates really like him. Like mm -hmm. he he definitely seems to have everybody's respect. And it, it was fun to watch. And it's always fun. Like Rattler's another good example of that. Both those guys got just kind of destroyed at their old places. And then have gotten to have this kind of vindication, redemption arc. Rattler when he beat Tennessee and Clemson last year, and Mertz now. So I, I do. I, I'd love to see what happens if they keep playing like that and keep kind of giving him the keys and let him. But the thing is, if you do that, that there is there's risk involved. Like when you're playing a better defense, you might some of those some of those passes might get intercepted. But mm -hmm. it's sure a fun way to go. Like. I think it's a more fun way to, to do it. And, and like I said, it may be the way, the only way to make some of these games winnable down mm -hmm. the stretch. So I, I, I like, I'm not going to crush them if they take some chances that allows them to have a winnable game and it doesn't go right. And they look and, and they, they get beat by a better team. I feel I so think, comfortable. My bad. I mean, Coach Harvey, think you're going to stop sometimes. I'm sorry. Uh, it's all right. You keep going. Silk, you talk when you want to talk. This is your show. <laughs> no, nah, bro. I, I, I don't like to, like, cut people off. That's a bad habit. Um, But sometimes you guys pause. I think you're about to stop. I do. I'm encouraged about how well I'm so comfortable when he when he's, you know, under him. I'm going to be honest with you. I uh, didn't expect to not have, like, both his interceptions are two interceptions that he probably shouldn't even have. Mm -hmm. Um, so he's taking care of the ball very well. Uh, he's in, in good leadership skills. Um, there is some things that we could clean up, more shots we can take, and he did that this game. And I don't think that was by accident. I think there there's some 
You know, of course, noise in the system with Steve Spurrier saying that we need to take more shots. I do think Billy pulled him to the side to or to work on his development with taking those deeper shots because we had I said it earlier in the show, we had guys open that that would have just moved the sticks. Mm-hmm. But there was a concentrated effort this game. We're gonna have to do that going for, forward. But I feel comfortable with him. It's gonna have to be the guys around Merce that step up. I think Merce is gonna be fine. Uh shoring up the offensive line and the protection so he's not getting hit every time he dropped back. Um, that's gonna be key. Uh, playmakers just staying healthy. Trey Wilson staying healthy. He makes the offense go. Those guys growing up around him. But it's just a week-to-week lead. There's no dominant team in college football right now. Um, I've seen teams like Boston College play Florida State close, and should they should have won that game, right? Uh, I've seen Georgia struggle with some teams early on. That just gives me a little optimism that we could go play any team and not worry about getting blown out. I don't think we'll have to get in an actual shootout with LSU and Mizzou, maybe the shootouts you get into. But I'm not scared of a shootout, even with Florida State. I think their offensive line is going to struggle. Their defense has got a lot of holes in it. Um, Their secondary has a lot of holes in it. Georgia is the only one that could probably possibly blow us out, but I don't even think that's going to happen. I think Georgia is going to face a tough football game next week. And as long as we keep it in, you know, uh, 10 points until the fourth quarter, we're going to be all right. Um, I'm not predicting us to win, but I I think we can make it better. But it, it's interesting, though, guys. I'm thinking about the taking shots thing. They did take more shots against South Carolina, but they also did what they've been doing, but had more success with some of those some of those underneath routes. You had guys slipping tackles and turning turning them into more. Correct. Like I was I was watching rewatching the highlights just before I came on, and there's a play like there's a there's a play where he kind of dumps it down to Boardingham, and Boardingham slips a tackle, turns it into a first down, like mm-hmm. stuff like that matters too. And that's one of those things that you you kind of wonder, is that development? Are they getting better at that? Is that South Carolina's defense? We won't know until we see them play these next few games. But that would be, that would be a huge thing too. And I also wonder, is that Wilson being an option there too? Because he's, yeah. he's one of those guys when he catches the ball, it's not going to be just where he caught it usually. It's going right. to be him going, you know, a little bit further. And I think that helps them a lot too, because, you know, they were trying to force feed him early. He gets hurt against Tennessee, comes back kind of a little bit slowly, but now it seems like he's, he's healthy and and mm-hmm. doing what he's supposed to be doing. So I, that's what I, again, I know these guys think I'm pooping on a parade. I'm actually Ooh, optimistic about this. Like there is exactly what we said when I was with, with you guys in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Will their best players be their young players? The answer is yes. Like that's the part to be excited about. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Trey Wilson is just crazy different. That that play, mm-hmm. he gets the reverse or whatever, and and Missouri they rush in blitz right off the edge of where we running that reverse, and he makes both of those guys miss and go for like, you know, like 15 yards. Yeah. That just shows just how different he is. Just get him the ball, keep him healthy. Like uh, Etn getting healthy is going to be key too. Go yeah, and, and and that's what some of these some of these really good offenses. Like Ohio State isn't just throwing over the top of people all the time. Correct. Like they'll throw they'll throw a, an underneath route to Abuka or to Julian Fleming, and that guy'll take it, you know, forty yards. You have to be Martin able to. Harrison's do that a pretty too. good option too. He's okay. He's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean that that's what some of these better offenses do routinely, and 
that's what Florida has not been able to do really until we saw them do it on Saturday. And if they can, if that's going to be a consistent part of their offense going forward, then you got something going now, against Georgia. Like I said, that's a harder thing to do. Like Georgia mm-hmm. last year was great at keeping everything in front of them. Like they mm-hmm. did not give up a lot of yak yards and they're still probably in that mold this year. They're not as talented defensively as they were last year, but they're still really good. But these other teams I've seen LSU and Missouri and Arkansas give up a ton of yak yards. Like they're all that they're out there for you. Yeah, obviously it's been a, an interesting season for the Gators. Uh, five and two, I think, is about as good of a record as anybody thought the Gators would have at this point, whether those losses were against Kentucky or Tennessee or Utah, whatever it might be. It's been a it's been a unique up and ride for the Gators this season. But, you know, hopefully you're starting to see some improvement. You go into a bye week, then you have Georgia, hopefully get healthy. You know, Eugene Wilson, ETN probably still nursing some things. Offensive line has had some injuries. A lot of teams are dealing with injuries, right? I know this isn't a uniquely Florida problem, but hopefully the bye comes at a good time for the Gators to be able to get a little bit better. And hopefully they're showing some improvement, right? You come back, you beat Vanderbilt the way you're supposed to. You go win on the road. Even if South Carolina isn't a good team or a great team, whatever it might be, you go, you get that monkey off your back. You do some things a little bit differently. Hopefully you're seeing some growth and improvement there. Don't know if any of us ever anticipate the Gators going, winning 9, 10, 11 games a season, but hopefully it's those those small steps forward that you know put you now in a position to compete against LSU, Arkansas, et cetera. The aggregate of marginal gains, as Kirby Smart often says. Uh, but look. It's a big word for Kirby. What 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 do we say? <laughs> what do we, we said? I think I said seven wins at the beginning of the season. I think you mm-hmm. guys were all kind of in a six, seven, eight in a similar vein. Yeah. Like, I think that's fine, given mm-hmm. what they they were dealing with going into the season. Given the schedule, I think that would be fine. And like I said, if the young guys are better at season season's end, mm-hmm. and they look like they will be the ones carrying the team next year. Mm. That's yeah, fine. I think that's what I think that's a big thing that we kind of all agree. And I'm sure any of the same take is like it's not just how many wins you have, it's like what those wins look like and who's making the plays to win those, right? Like you'll probably get Graham Mertz back next year mm-hmm. and almost all of your playmakers, except for Ricky Pierce, on offense and defense for the most part are yeah. freshmen, true freshmen, redshirt freshmen, sophomore, right? Like obviously the transfer portal NIL maybe changes some of that, like if there's an opportunity to leave, but like you're probably gonna get a a very or, large percentage of returning Dan, you're, and Dan, you're looking at it that you know as as they would be someone to be poached from, but I don't necessarily think that that people may look at this roster and go, "Oh, if I can fill in this hole in this roster, this could be a pretty right. good team." Yeah, why mm-hmm. go to Alabama when I can go to Florida, right? So somebody somebody in the transfer portal who's really good may look at that and say, "Well, they are a me away from being significantly better," right? And that's I mean that's how you recruit it if you're Billy Napier. Yeah, yeah, I think you also. I think you also approached the uh, with, with, with a with a guy like Graham Mertz. Um, you already seen his potential in offense and what his team could be. You approached this offense and the transfer portal because it is business. It is nil. It is yep. pretty much like contracts and deals you're putting out. Yeah, exactly. So I think your pocket's a little bit different this offseason than it was last year with a rebuild in mind. 
this year you go in with, you know, we got some weapons. We just got to fill in a few spots with some playmakers, offensive linemen, and we could probably roll a little bit here. So I think the approach with the uh, transfer portal is going to be a little bit different this offseason as well. And the, the Mertz piece of it's interesting, too. I, you know, I, I don't want to compare him to, to Dylan Gabriel, but the circumstances are, feel a little bit similar where Dylan Gabriel was somewhat limited last year because there's nothing behind him. Mm-hmm. And you saw when he got hurt, like when Oklahoma played Texas last year with a backup quarterback, it was horrific. They have Jackson Arnold now. And Jackson Arnold was was that guy in the quarterback class that every, all the coaches were like, that's my favorite guy. And they're much more confident doing things with Dylan Gabriel because if they lose him to injury, they, they're confident Jackson Arnold can come in and play and they'd still be pretty good. Right. Next year may feel that way for Florida. DJ Lagway is that guy that you talk to the coaches. They're like, that's the guy I really like in this class. You know, perhaps you bring him along. You you know, you have Mertz. You, you're not throwing DJ in as a true freshman and saying, save us. And that allows you to be a little more confident with Mertz and just say, hey, do what you got to do. Let's 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 run it wide open because mm-hmm. we're not worried about losing you because we have this guy and we think he can be pretty good. So I think that that circumstance could help them a lot next year. Now that'll be the first year that we could do that too. Cause we couldn't do that last year with AR. Like we had, we was on the same circumstances. Like we got to watch how this guy, you know, plays get injured because if he goes out, we're in trouble. Mm -hmm. I can't remember when's the last time Florida had a situation where they felt good about the backup quarterback. I guess AR with AR when when AR was was there with Emory or when when AR was there with with Trask. I felt great about Trask with Trask Felipe. Yeah, although they didn't feel good enough. We lied good. They should have been starting him. So we lied good because I felt good about Emory behind Trask, but in reality, like literally, we know (laughs) right. Trask behind Felipe was the best situation, you know, the best backup situation, but it should have been it should have been reversed. The other way around. Correct. Yeah. yeah. It's, unfortunately, it took a, a bad injury to to see that. Maybe one other thing Tim Tebow. I love <laughs> that was pretty good. I love um the kind of leader that Graham is. I think if he's back next year, which I, I think he will be, unless he slings it around in all these shootouts you're talking about and, and you know goes nuts. Um <laughs> I think it's unbelievably great for DJ Lagway to come in and learn from him and just see how he goes about his business and what he does. And, and DJ's not going to be thrown in if Graham is back, but you can sit there and watch how a 23 will be 24 next December man goes about his business and, and learn and, and see how the team reacts to him. So I think that's mm-hmm. something we probably haven't well, even talked about. And also, about, just, Mertz seems like the kind of guy who would be very generous he would embrace in terms that. of. Yeah. yeah being a mentor and all that. So mm-hmm. I, I think, I think it's, you know, it's trending up. We, if we, if we talk the Monday after the Georgia game, I think people will probably be pretty down again because George is really good. But I think if we just look at this in terms of trajectory, you should feel all right. Like this is exactly what you said needed to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot going on with this team. We have a, a week off to get healthy, uh, to watch some other games, um, and then we'll be back in, in Jackson, beautiful city of Jacksonville, their number one tourist event of the entire year. Uh, probably keeps their entire tourism budget going. So, Andy, <laughs> let's um, 
let's uh, let's let you run. I know Nick has to go to Billy Napier here soon as well. No, uh, no Andy, Billy this every, week. Say what? No Billy this week. We're no Billy this week. Billy's All right. Well, it. Andy, if you want to stick around for another two, three hours, um, <laughs> who who do you have winning the Heisman Trophy? Michael Penix. Ooh. I got Penix right now, but man, yeah. Jaden Daniels is coming on. Like Jaden yeah. Daniels is is very tough to die. And also, Caleb Williams had one bad game. Like, yeah. If if I'm picking right now, like who if I was drafting a college quarterback and I had all these guys, I'd still probably take Caleb Williams. Yeah. But I, I do think Penix, I mean, God, he was so good against Oregon. And just it, I mean, that that situation where they get the ball back after they stop them on fourth down, and it's like, okay, go do something. Mm-hmm. And it takes him like two plays. <laughs> and he's, they're back in the end zone. So uh, but but Jaden Daniels has become like it's it's crazy how good he's been this season, and he had he's had to be because their defense has been so bad. Now, the, finally against Auburn, they they got some stops, but man, that dude, because uh, it felt like for at first LSU's entire run game was Jaden Daniels scrambling. Now they have a you know a little bit of a run game, and then he also can scramble when something breaks down in the pass game, and those two receivers are are. You know the the two best receivers are really really good uh, neighbors and and uh, why am I blanking on <laughs> Brian Thomas? Uh, those those guys are great, but so I, he may put up just such absurd numbers that we can't not give it to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting to uh, to see. It's an interesting year of college football. Probably the one with a lot of storylines that uh, make it intriguing. Uh, a lot of parody. A lot of new teams on there. And I will say this. If FSU gets into the playoff as a one-loss team and Air Force is still undefeated and they don't make it over them, I just think the NCAA hates America. Then the college football playoff <laughs> hates America. Um, I, for one, will be on the picket line to put Air Force in over Florida State. Uh, but, Andy, we'll let you run. Let everybody know. I need to get one more for Andy real quick. One, one more Go for ahead. Andy. Andy, mm-hmm. give me give me two or three guys you would like to see at OC if we were to make that that that. Oh God, this is, I've been thinking about this because I don't know again, how flexible stylistically would, would Billy be willing to be? I'd say one guy I've liked this year is, is Kirby Moore at Missouri. And interestingly, he, he got into a situation where you had a a long time, a head coach who was giving up play calling after calling plays for a long time. And, They've been great. I mean, that, that's that been a great arrangement. Eli Drinkwitz, before the season, was like, I just realized I was not doing as good a job as a CEO as I could be doing, and I wasn't as good of an OC as I could have been, so I wanted to change it. And they bring in Kirby Moore, and he's been he's been outstanding. Uh, Ryan Grubb from Washington is fantastic. I don't think they can get him away from there because Alabama tried last year, and it, and it didn't work. Um, Andy Ludwig at Utah has been very, very good, especially in the circumstances that they've been dealing with this year. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. They're getting Cam rising back like that. When you find out when, when he talks about the totality of that knee injury he suffered in a Rose bowl, they keep saying it's, Oh, it's, you know, it's maybe the week to week. It sounds like maybe not. So Ludwig has been kind of stringing that thing together with, uh, with coat hangers, but he was, you know, before the season, really good when he had rising that stylistically may be pretty close to what Billy's looking for. 
And, you know, he Ludwig interviewed at Notre Dame last year. And then they had a weird situation where there was some sort of miscommunication about what his buyout was from Utah. And Notre Dame's like, ah, we're not going to pay the buyout. And I was like, what? Like you had him at the basketball game with Marcus Freeman. <laughs> You're Notre Dame. You got the money. Just yeah. pay the buyout. But they're they're happy with Jared Parker now. So, or well, this week they are. But yeah, it, it so th- those would be some names I'd think about. Like Ludwig would probably stylistically make a lot of sense. Um, I don't know that that Kirby Moore would make a lot of sense stylistically. Uh, but again, I don't know if if they do decide to go with an OC, how willing to kind of say, this is your show and I'm, I'm open to a lot of things. Like, Mm -hmm. is that Billy Napier or is it going to be, Hey, I like what I like. And so I'm going to hire somebody who, who's a similar mindset to me. Jeff Scott. But Jeff's never really called plays. Like Tony Elliott called the plays when Jeff and and Tony were the, the co-OCs. He didn't call plays at USF either. Uh, he had Charlie Weiss Jr. and then he lost him, and then uh, he had Trickett calling plays. Mm. So, yeah, that's so Jeff Scott's going to get you a bunch of good receivers. <laughs> like that's that's his speciality. But I I don't know that you know if if you're going to do that, you'd probably go in with someone who's more experienced. Like yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Hmm. Something I'm glad it's not up. if it's not Jeff Scott, I'm happy. You know, I just wanted I wanted you to knock that down. I love I up. love Jeff. Jeff's a great guy. I you know I not for my OC, I don't. <laughs> well, I mean that that's the thing. That that name popping up is an interesting one, and it makes sense. Relationships they go way yeah. back. Yeah, right. So they understand each other very well. But yeah, that, that the question is how much did he because now he did re- remember the play where Hunter Renfro scored to win the national title? Mm-hmm. Jeff, Jeff suggested that one. Let's hire him. Let's Jeff go. called yeah. that one. Yeah. <laughs> I do yeah. know that for a fact. So, so he's back in. There you so go. All right, in. he's back on the list. Nah, Send the know. contract. You sold but, but me, that's, man. That's that's the question for me. Is is just if, if Billy says I'm gonna I'm gonna hire an OC, how willing is he to be schematically flexible, or does he want to run what he wants to run? And I think that that will. That will give us the answer to what the list is. Yes. A lot of changes have to happen. I would imagine that we'll see a few, probably even on special teams. Who knows? Maybe Shane Beamer can be a special teams analyst for us. <laughs> um, Andy, let everybody know where they can follow you. Uh, read all your work. And uh, we appreciate you coming on again, my friend. Yeah, I'm an on three. Same place as Nick Del Torre. Uh, you can you can go to the On Three Sports YouTube page and see my show every night. It premieres at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Thursday through Sunday. It's also on demand anytime you want it. It's on every podcast platform, and you, I'm a Andy underscore Staples on X, and uh, also Andy underscore Staples on Instagram. So uh, you you know, you know where to find me. We know where to find you. Great college sports takes, but also even better food takes. Go follow mm. Andy. Andy, we appreciate you coming on the show today, my friend, and we will talk with you soon. Uh, and thanks for not reading every comment, um, but I'm sure everybody <laughs> appreciated your time. It was today. cooking you, Andy. Have a good one, my guy. <laughs> they, they do it. They do it everywhere. Every every yeah, fan yeah. base is, is part yeah. of the job. So yeah, you hate every fan base. I love it. All right, All right Andy. Andy. <laughs> your school, even even my school. <laughs> so. Yeah, even your school. <laughs> Awesome, Andy. Thank you so much. Appreciate for you, Andy. All right. See you. Andy Staples. 
always enjoy our time with Andy. Let's give one final ad read. We'll talk a little bit about the defense and uh, we'll get out of the show today. As always, go sponsor or go support our friends over at Alumni Hall, alumnihall.com or on Archer Road right off of 75. Uh, the best in Gators clothing, uh, golf polos, uh, T-shirts, um, whatever it might be from an apparel perspective, uh, tailgating supplies, uh, holiday gifts for the friends and family in your life that root and cheer on the Florida Gators. Go support Alumni Hall at alumnihall.com or on Archer Road. Let them know Stadium and Gale sent you. Uh, before we get into the defense, please hit the like button. It's down there. Hit the subscribe there, button. Turn the notifications on. And thanks, everybody, for your uh, commentary. Bring Chris anything. back, too. Chris, come back, bro. We didn't mean to run yeah. you away, dog. That's our number one fan right either. there. So, before we get to Chris, uh, wanted us to, Chris wanted us to throw blows with, with, with Andy a little bit. Yeah. Like, hey, bro, the score's like 50-10. What's up? Y'all boys ain't going to squabble? Yeah, 52 to 10. Squabble. Uh, hey. <laughs> we didn't sign up for a squabble, Chris. My God. Oh. Um, Seth Emerson reported Brock Bowers likely to miss, and then Georgia confirmed his report that Bowers is going to have surgery today to stabilize the ankle. Full Hope you have a successful surgery. Very successful surgery. Take some time That's to big. heal. Ankle surgeries can be long-lasting and life-altering if not given the proper time to recover. So we wish You're Brock up, Bowers a slow and healthy recovery. Look at Dan, just wishing the best. Uh, as always, always right, do. Um, I will never cheer on an injury. Uh, I hate that for him. Uh, as somebody, my my best friend um, growing up played football at uh, University of Pittsburgh. He had back surgery, came back for his fifth year. His mom got diagnosed with cancer, came back for this fifth mm. year, um, had preventative back surgery, had him miss the beginning half of the year, uh, and then came back and tore his ACL in the first game back. Um, so I know how debilitating those injuries are mentally. Uh, he was a potential first-round NFL draft pick, goes, plays for the Saints for a little while. But long story short, never want to wish an injury on somebody. They have a very short amount of time to do so. Um, but I do want to make sure that he is healthy uh, no matter what, whether he's playing the Gators or not, I certainly hope that he can become uh, healthy. So um, let's get into the defense a little bit, and uh, then we'll get out of here. Uh, let's look at pro football focus. Miguel Mitchell ranked as the top defensive player, then Tyreek Sapp, then Chris McClellan, Jason Marshall, Jaden Hill, Shamar James, Taraja Mitchell, uh, Caleb Banks, Jack Pyburn, and Cameron Jackson round out your top 10 actually Aaron Gates was number four but only had the one play uh, on defense there uh give me your thoughts on the defense obviously not a spectacular performance but what are your thoughts hey man eight eight need to get his life together I'm gonna yeah. leave it off with that like eight got eight gotta get his life together when it pertains to just tackling uh you know uh, ball skills just making a play when the ball's in the air. It's just, bro, we got to figure it out. Devin Moore got to get healthy. Uh, if not, give me give me Jackson at corner. Uh, Aaron Gates came out there and, and did a little something at the end of the game. But I just need more out of eight, bro. It's just not it's not there right now. Mm -hmm. um, overall, defense got to figure out the run fits. Shamar James had a great game. He made some some plays happen. But it's still some run fit stuff that, that he's missing on that mm -hmm. I need cleaned up. But he had eight tackles, five solo. Um, without him, we lose that game. Right now, he's the most valuable player on defense, bar none. Um, we just Pro get so used focus to. Focus has Kimber as the second best cover guy on the team. 
Yeah, I, pro I, football I, folks lies a lot. I don't know. If, like, <laughs> yeah, they, they, they lie a lot. They lie more than me. Yeah, I think he's had besides the big plays. I yep. think he's had a good season, but when he has bad plays, they are like glaringly bad, and they kind of just stick with you. I think other than I think for the most part, Kimber's been fine, but then when he misses a tackle, it goes for a touchdown, or when he gets beat, it goes for like sixty yards. But I think other than that, he's been solid. You know, you know, you get like a, you know, you get a new job, you got a shadow like you know the waitress at the restaurant or something like that. I think Kimber needs to shadow Jaden Hill doing tackling drills. Yeah, Jaden Hill is doing his thing, bro. He's he's wrapping up. He's tackling. Before we forget that, Jaden Hill tackle where Austin Armstrong was nearly the twelfth player on the field calling that. Yeah, yeah, good call out. out. Nasty. Yeah, I like that. Just an incredible sense of awareness from Austin Armstrong. Jaden Hill ran from the other side of the hill and didn't stop running until that player was tackled. Uh, incredible awareness by Austin Armstrong. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, Jaden Hill, I mean, guys, my guy. The season going, goes man. as Jaden Hill goes. I did say that Jalen Kimber was my best DB going into that Kentucky game with the Gator Nation guys. So I am eating a little bit of crow. He just got to clean up, bro. Like the tackling, I don't know what it is, but he's just not hes not bringing that hat to tackle. And then he's panicking when the ball's in the air um, mm-hmm. on, on some of these deep passes. I think he's in position, um, but it, it, you just got to make a play on the ball. Um, Ahmad was on our space yesterday and was just saying mm-hmm. the same thing. He's got to get a little bit more scrappy with getting those guys not to complete those passes because he was getting picked on that game. But overall, defensively, let me finish my overall take. Mm-hmm. Lack of pass rush. I think that will help out the secondary with, with some of the ills that we get on the back end. Being young, 14, Castell just got to, uh, you know, re and diagnose a little bit faster. He took some lumps this game. Um, pro football focus, I think, had Miguel Mitchell as, like, one of the top guys. But the, yeah, the tackling is still the they, – they, pro football focus lie a lot. Mm-hmm. I've seen the game. I don't know if he was one of the top guys on the defense. I know he wasn't. <laughs> But uh, we just got to figure some things out. Uh, I, I want a speed package on the defense with the pass rush. When we're in obvious passing downs, Cam Jackson, uh, 21, they could come off the field. Uh, give me some young boys, you know, put Kelby on the field, uh, Chris McClellan, put those guys on the field. We need a speed rush package. I think Cam Jackson and, and, and 21 just aren't it when it pertains to, you know, getting pass rush, collapsing the pocket. Um, Scooby Williams got to wait back up. He started off the season hot, you know, and was was a nice little uh, robin to to Shamar James Batman, but that seemed to die down a little bit. So I'm going to need him to wait back up uh, on the defensive side of the ball. But there's just a lot to be fixed, man. You know, I do like that we adjust and we come through in the clutch, uh, which they did down down towards the end. There was some adjustments made, but we got to be able to get some stops going to these, just down this final scratch. And hope we, hopefully we clean some things up in this bye week. Yeah, um, definitely need to improve on some tackling. 11 missed tackles uh, in this game. Uh, Jalen Kimber, not to harp on him, gave up 102 yards on four for five passing against him, along a 46, 25.5 yards uh, against him. So certainly he was the guy that was picked on this game. But do want to give Spencer Rattler 
uh, his flowers and his credit, right? He, he played a really good game and, you know, Florida's not going to play a lot of quarterbacks like him uh, through the rest of the season, or maybe they are. Maybe that's the first time that they've really played a quarterback that's been hitting on all their passes uh, in this game now that I think about it. So, well, you know, hopefully you learn from it. Uh, you still have Brady Cook. You still have Carson Beck and you still have Jordan Travis uh, ahead of you on the schedule there. But Jalen Kimber certainly had a, a rough couple of games here uh, in a row. So hopefully we see some improvement uh, there by him. Uh, I thought Jack Piper and that guy brings some energy, man. Uh, when he's out there, he doesn't play a ton of snaps in the game, but love his energy uh, when he's out there. Uh, and then we're still seeing some improvements by, you know, Jordan Castell. I thought that he had a had a really solid game for the Gators uh, at safety, especially for a young guy. Uh, still a lot to work on when it comes to deep coverage uh, with the Gators, in my opinion. But, uh, you know, still the guys that you're seeing, you know, Tyreek Sapp had a, had a really good game. I think uh, Caleb Banks, you know, made some movement in the pocket uh, there as well. Uh, didn't get to the quarterback a ton uh, in this game. Do end up with three sacks, four hurries, or uh, pardon me, four hits on the quarterback and then eight hurries, uh, but still want to see some some fundamentals improve when it comes to tackling because having 11 missed tackles is it's, just, it's starting to become a continued trend for the Gators, and we thought that that had improved a little bit. Go ahead, Nick. They they hurry the court like they get there. They just don't finish. They've got seventy three hurries on the year. I mean, that's you're getting more than ten hurries a game. Mm -hmm. um, they're just not finishing. Whether it's a, a, an arm tackle that a guy goes through or uh, a quarterback moves, like you're just not finishing. Like Princeton's got twenty hurries in seven games. Do, we they need to enforce on defense. Oh, go ahead. So, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say they seem to attack the pocket and not necessarily the quarterback. Um, it seems like they're, they're one motions to try to get in the quarterback's peripheral range and not necessarily to try to get to the quarterback, which I think is allowing the quarterback to, to be able to get out of a lot of those hurries a little bit quicker. And that's, that's at least what I'm seeing is that that move directly into where the pocket is and not directly to the move to where the, the quarterback is. And, and because of that, the quarterback's been able to escape. And then at that point they're gassed or there's, the coverage is already broken down so much from the offensive line that they're just struggling with where to go next. At least I, that's what I've noticed. Real quick to go yeah. back on Kimber, put Nature Gator up real quick. I forgot about that play. Kimber did have Goal a line touchdown play. saving. Yeah. yeah, correct. So they that the game's totally different. If if South Carolina scores seven there instead of having to settle for three, the game plays out totally different. So yeah, yeah like he, he got burnt, but that was a huge play in the game. Um, Defensively, like I'm starting to like think about what Andy said. Like, were we just like too high on the defense? Were they just playing like bad teams? Because I think they're good. Like these missed tackles got to stop. You've got to force some turnovers. I know you got one. Mm -hmm. um, I think early on, you just get like like the advantage that we get with with the defense or, or team not knowing what offense we want to run. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think a lot of teams knew what. Austin, how, how Austin Armstrong will attack them. Um, sure. Once they get that on film, like a lot of the the, the way we, we we even handle the run, we slant and we stun a lot. Another thing, too, get rid of the stunts. You're trying to stunt Cam Jackson. He's just – I think he's too big to be running stunts with, man. But uh, I just think once the film got out there, like you, we saw the Kentucky game, they kept running the same run play and they was gashing us. And then we come back this South Carolina game first half, they gashing us in the same type of, of run we have a run fit issue that teams see on film that they're hitting on. So this is film out there. So the defense yeah. came out hot, but after that Tennessee game, um, we got figured out. 
Um, Kentucky exposed a few things there, I think, in the run game. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I also think you have to have a little perspective, not saying that you guys don't, but just in general about where the defense was last year and yeah, how correct. much of an improvement you're going to have when you do lose some senior level folks, right? Even if they weren't great, you lost a lot of, of snaps on that team. So you're playing a lot of freshmen, a lot of sophomores, some transfers in there. So, you know, it would probably be egregious to ever think that a 120th ranked defense could go and be a top 10 defense this season, especially with the schedule that they have. But I think that they've made some, some big improvement and you're starting to see, you know, those guys start to improve and hopefully continue to improve as they get more snaps under their belt too. So like, I do want to make sure that not you guys, but in general, when we talk about the defense, where they were last year, where they are this year and how different it is with how young they are. Right. So go ahead. Florida's twentieth in the country in total defense. Yeah. Mean, we're, we're talking about them like they're trash. Like I think they've had mm -hmm. two bad games. Um, one hundred percent. Like they're still dealing with guys having to count on freshmen, having to count on retro mm -hmm. freshmen. Yeah. yeah I think see. I want to see how we approach the Georgia game because mm -hmm. I don't, I know with Spencer Rattle, I, I would have liked to see us design more blitzes to get to him off his his, his launch point. And affect him a little bit more. We didn't seem to do that. Uh, and he'll do it. He's a dual threat quarterback that you do got to worry about and spy a little bit, right? You don't want to blitz and miss. Um, then you got some other problems. But I want to see how we approach playing Carson Beck, a guy that's not mobile, who's going to be a statue mm -hmm. standing in the pocket. I want to see Austin Armstrong get more aggressive. You know, if the front four can't get there, like we have nothing to lose Georgia week. Let me cut my, my dinger mm -hmm. off, man. This thing will go off a whole show. I'm sorry. Uh, we have nothing to lose Georgia week, right? Mm -hmm. like, dude, everybody's expecting us to lose this game. We'll talk about that in a little bit. It is by week. We're going to vibe and touch some grass here. But, bro, blitz more. You know, like, don't be obvious pre-snap. Give these quarterbacks more things to diagnose. Uh, get lined up in the trenches. Mm -hmm. Get your hand in the dirt faster. We're standing around a little bit. Not as much as the Grantham era, but we do get caught, you know, not ready pre-snap so right little small things like that i think we need to clean up but what what the rankings at huge improvement from last year but i think we can still be a lot better bro yeah no you look at you look at this team uh you know if you look at the, the total defense for this year and i know pro football focus isn't perfect but you know princely is your your number one guy on on defense devin moore hasn't played a ton this year tyreek sap new to getting a lot of times caleb banks transfer in tj searcy freshman Jalen Kimber hurt most of last year. Shamar James, sophomore, starting for the first time. Chris McClellan doesn't play a ton, but, you know, didn't play a ton last year, too. He's making some impact. Jamari Lyons, again, a, a new player to this team. Jordan Castell, a new player. So, like, outside of Princely, I mean, all of your big players were either marginal or not on the team last year. So, we're starting to see some improvement, you know, by the defense that hopefully going into next year, that's when you see that that big, you know, step up. Uh, for the for that defensive uh, unit. Welcome back, Nick. Yeah, Thank Justice Boone, John Wilcox mentioned it as well. Justice Boone, you know, was your biggest pass rushing threat probably coming into this year. He comes back next year, you know, hopefully, and, and that adds another wrinkle uh, to that team as well. Go get me McCray. Mm. I need LJ McCray. That's what I need in my life. What yeah, else we got like defensive that. laws? I think that's yeah. it. I mean, obviously not a not a great game. Um, opportunity to improve, opportunity to get healthy, opportunity to work on those tackling dummies. 
and Mincy. And Zay Mincy. Do want to mention that when they when the defense had to make a play, like they made plays at the end of the game. Yeah. And I mean, and they, they gave South Carolina another opportunity, right? You have the the rough in the passer call, which I'm egregious. <laughs> but uh, but then you go and make another stop, right? So yeah. so that's that's what you needed out of this team. Egregious. Uh, what's the what's the feedback on Aaron Gates? He was out early in the season. Uh, he's back um, after an injury. Got got a rep late in the game. I seen you put out a tweet out there about him, Nick. What's what's the feedback on Aaron Gates? I liked his skill set coming out of high school. He was committed so long we forgot about him. But he's a kid that could play some football, bro. I think he's going to be a, a a really good defensive back once he gets healthy. Yeah, that was the first time he played. Uh, I think he got a tackle, and then he recovered the pass. I think it goes down as like a, a fumble recovery um, on that last kick. I, I don't know how much he'll play this year, but they like him. Um, he sat out all spring, sat out all fall, just kind of getting back into it with his knee. Um, but they like him. I mean, this DB class, like they hit. They hit on this DB class last year. Um It'll be interesting to see. I think he can play star. I think he can play um, a bunch of different a bunch of different spots. So I just don't know how much he'll play this year, being as uh, how much time he's missed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they like him. I do like that they're you know putting in some new folks you know into the game. Obviously, get them the opportunity to play those four games, right? Even if it's a couple snaps here and there, that game time experience is valuable. Uh, and obviously, Florida put him in at a uh, a very critical time. Uh, as well so um you know so hopefully we continue to see this team uh, mature and grow gators going to a bye week then head to jacksonville florida to play georgia um i think that kind of brings us to the end of the show any other things you guys want to talk about before we uh before we wrap up here mm, it's bye week make sure you touch some grass Touch some grass. I'll be in Philadelphia this weekend, so we're going to be doing a different show time next week. We're going to do an evening show, uh, try to get a different audience as well to watch. Uh, going to watch the Dolphins and the Eagles play. So, already Eagles just lost. Uh, no more undefeated teams in the NFL. Pop and champagne. Pop and champagne. Uh, let's talk real quick. A little recruiting. L.J. McCray yeah. deciding Saturday uh, yeah. defensive end out of mainland. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is our bye week. I don't want to throw anything crazy out there, but I do think it's interesting that he's deciding Saturday. That's that's our bye week. Uh, we could use some good, positive energy. I think it's down to us, Georgia, Florida State uh, yep. in this. Yeah, Miami, Auburn, top five listed on uh, 247. Uh, he's the number six player overall in the country uh, from 247, the number 106th overall player. Uh, in that composite ranking as well, six foot six, two hundred and sixty pound defensive lineman. I uh, just visited Florida State, I believe, last week, uh, October seventh is when he was there. Uh, did his official back to Florida in June. I've uh, also visited Georgia and Miami uh, in June as well, and Auburn. So, team, mm. team, is that his last Jay, official. Jay so was that his last official to uh, Florida State? Did they get the, the last visit? Yeah, they got the last visit. Everybody got their visits over the summer. Uh, Mom has some FAMU ties. She graduated at FAMU, so there's some Tallahassee ties there. But um, when I'm here, I think our staff feels good where they're at with it, you know. Um, but it is recruiting. It is NIL uh, era. Anything can happen, you know, even if he commits, you know, anything can still happen up until signing day. 
But what I'm feeling here from our side, like everybody likes where we're at with it. No guarantees here. Um, Florida State's having a really good season. Georgia, you know, coming off nat off of Natty. It is what it is. But if we could pull that off right now, a lot of updates too when it when it pertains to rankings. We're the number three team in the country. When you look at the composites, uh, you know, adding LJ McCray in, Jordan Seaton is is a must get, in my opinion, with offensive line. Uh Zay Mency, you got some elite stuff still on the board a couple five stars there right so you can take this this number three class and, and make it even more creme de la creme um and, and holding on to some guys is going to be key as well you know yep. everybody's asking me i get jamonte waller dms mm-hmm. all the time like where he's at with it you know we got some guys we got to keep in the fold but you know we got a very good class when you got number three class of course teams in the teams around the country are trying to poach you but if we could keep everything intact and add some of this Top shelf stuff, bro. You gotta love it. We'll see what yeah. happens Saturday, though. I, and, and I mean, I think that that Billy Napier's done a fantastic job showing you know those that are freshmen, especially highly regarded freshmen, that there's going to be an opportunity to come into the University of Florida and play football and play a lot of snaps uh, at the University of Florida. I think the University of Florida has the most number of snaps by true freshmen uh, this season, which you know certainly you know can be a bit of an Achilles heel at time. Uh, for the Gators, but uh, but ultimately, I, I think he's doing what he said, uh, playing a lot of the best guys uh, on the team uh, at that time. Uh, let's run through a couple other things with recruiting. The Gators did offer a preferred walk-on spot to DeBron Hampton, who's DJ Lagway's uh, number one, I think, wide receiver out there at his high school, uh, DJ Lagway. Um, and Keith Niebuhr, uh, Keith Niebuhr and him hung out uh, last week. A lot of good content if you go check out on three there. Uh, and then a Georgia commit uh, scheduled a visit to the Florida Gators, and that was uh, Jadon Perlot. He is a six foot three um, top 100 player. Uh, so the Gators are going to be uh, getting him. He's a linebacker uh, in that group. So he should be visiting Florida here soon. I know Charles Lester, the third, who's a Florida state commit has said that he's going to visit uh, Florida again as well. And I think that there was one more player that I wanted to mention, uh, but uh, on three doesn't want to load right now. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll focus on that uh, a little bit. Oh, and then Isaiah Williams, the wide receiver uh, commit from Florida. Uh, did get an offer from Texas. He's from Carrollwood Day here in Tampa. Uh, did mention that he may go visit uh, Texas with that offer uh, in hand now. So, chill, man. Chill. Chill, chill. Chill, bro. Um, all right, gentlemen. Nick, I think you have Song of the Week this week. Ooh-wee. This is always a wild card. Uh, I'm always interested with Nick. It could be some old school rap. could be a Nashville country music song or anything Nick. in between. I think so they, this, I think the, the people got me and you figured out, Dan Lua, we may take it, but yeah. Nick, Nick, Nick a wild card, dog. You never know what you're gonna get. What you got? So this week's sea shanty is I'm just kidding. We're gonna win <laughs> with uh the fix before the six just came out. So Lil Wayne Birds. Back to back Wheezy songs. Yeah, man. Shout out to Wheezy Wheezy. Bro, he went bananas on that verse, bro. It dropped this weekend. The it's, he called it the fix before the six because the yeah. Carter always takes forever to come out. So there's eleven songs. I think it dropped. Oh, it dropped last week of September. It dropped a couple weeks ago. Ooh, my brother caught. My brother called it the mid before the jig. He said the jig's up. He said it wasn't a good project from Wayne, but I'm gonna check it out. Go check it out. All right, gentlemen. Well, we will see you guys at the same corner.
different time next week. Enjoy the bye week. As Silk says, touch grass. Go spend some time with your loved ones and family. And we will see you guys next. Go see your mama, bro. Go see your mama. See you guys. I got them birds, so many birds, it is absurd I got them purrs, so many purrs, so many colors They look like nerds when they come to numbers Bitch, I'm a nerd, I'm doing numbers Bitch, I got birds, I got them humming I got them twerking, I got them jumping I got a servant, I got a butler I got a worker, I got a runner She got a burger, I got my gun in it in case you lurking First she ain't fuck with cocaine, she converted I gave her too much of the year, she got nervous I put my thumb in the bed and she squirted I put some birds on her waist and a girdle I put that hoe in the air on commercial I said the all the way down with the turkeys Type of woods in the Sunday clothes, I said, whole birds, I don't do wings, this ain't buffalo, bitch. Whole bunch of vultures, whole bunch of crows, bitch. I'm the Eagle Street, Russell Crowe, and I'm too cold to be a hot boy. And I got birds flying south, boy. Yeah, I'm too bad to be a hot boy. I got them birds, black flock, boy. Yeah, I'm too cold to be a hot boy. I'm too bad to be a hot boy. I make them birds. Sing like crap, boy Free as a bird In the clouds, boy Yeah I got them birds, birds I got them birds, word I got them birds, I got them birds First, get them a bird I make them brr, brr. All of these birds down I'm about to serve Yeah, I'm serving them birds Ahead of the curve Yeah, I'm about to swerve Flag red as a bird All of these feathers down All these treasures Remember to always measure Always business Yeah, never pleasure Remember, always never Wing stretching Yeah, both direction Yeah, always flexing Charging extra I got big birds You need three to cost the best A tag of woods I got birds, dog. If it's a drought, I snap my finger, all the birds gon' fall. No discounts, fuck you mean you talking birds, your dog. Number 33, South the Jersey, young bitch. I'm too cold to be a hot boy. Got them birds flying south, boy. Yeah, I'm too bird to be a hot boy. Got them birds by the flock, boy. Yeah, I'm too cold to be a hot boy. I'm too bird to be a hot boy. I got more birds than you got clapper. Free as a bird in the clouds, boy. I got them birds, so many birds, it is absurd. I got them birds, so many birds, so many colors. They look like nerds when it come to numbers. Bitch, I'm a nerd, I'm doing numbers. Bitch, I got birds, I got them humming, I got them twerking, I got them jumping, I got a servant, I got a butler, I got a worker, I got a runner. She got a burger, I got my gun in it in case you lurking. First, she ain't fuck with cocaine, she converted. I gave her too much of the year, she got nervous. I put my thumb in the bed and she squirted. I put some birds on her waist and a girdle. I put that hoe in the air on commercial. I said the other way down with them turkeys, tiger woods.